Rumble. Are you ready to rumble, Jason? Oh, I'm ready. Welcome back, everybody, and talk of the Now podcast. And Jason is here and clear, and I'm here and clear. And uh, how are you doing this week, Jason? Oh, I'm doing dandy, sir. Jim Dandy to the rescue. That's right. Go, Jim Dandy, go. <laughs> what's um what's new on the horizon for you? Hmm. I don't know. On the horizon. Uh, no, nothing really, nothing really jumping out right now. Um that's that's new anyway. That's new. Yeah, just just normal. Normal daily stuff, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing huge, earth shattering. Nothing earth shattering or no. mind blowing, huh? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing today. Really? You know, um, I've decided now that I have kids, I watch kids things <laughs> because you do that when you have kids. And I've noticed that there are certain things that appeal to them as far as content goes. And there's a character you may or may not have heard of this guy that's on YouTube called Blippy. Have you heard of Blippy? I can't can't say that I have, no. Yeah. Uh, Blippy, you'll have to look it up on YouTube to see what he's like. But this guy is, he dresses in like blue and orange, bright orange and kind of a bright blue color. And he wears like one of those... uh, what do you call those hats that are sort of like the French guy might wear that kind of flows back? A beret? Is it a beret? Not necessarily yeah. a beret, but uh, um, oh, I can't think of what they're. They, they look they're, they're sort of like muzzled down in the front, like you can wear them forward and they're muzzled down, or some people wear them backwards and they're very flat. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that yeah, it's not a beret, it's something else. But yeah, can't think of the type of hat that is. He wears one of those that's like a bluish color and it's sort of an exaggerated size. And he wears these big orange, you know, glasses. Anyway, um, if you look at this guy has created an empire out of nothing. And he basically, he does like a, it's sort of a educational slash um, entertainment show that he does for kids. And they're like each little um, vignette whatever episode is maybe 10 to 15 minutes, maybe 20, some of them. And he'll, he just goes across the gamut. Like he'll do things where he goes Mm. to uh, a farm and he'll show kids the farm and show what a tractor is. And, Mm. and and his personality is like the opposite of Mr. Rogers. I mean, he is like the, uh, he is like the, the bouncing off the walls kind of, Hey kids, what do you know about (laughs) that? Ha ha. Look at this. Ooh, that's a three. You know, I mean, it's this has three tires. Do you like that? I do. It's that kind of guy. Almost reminds me a little bit for the older generation of uh, kind of corny, may overly excited uh, type of the the Blues Clues guy. I kind of remember him a little bit from back in the day. I mean, that wasn't too too far ago, but he's definitely out there personality exuberant wise. And I've just I've heard that this guy just pulls in, rakes in tons of money doing what he does on internet. I'm like, all he did was just grab some goofy clothes, makes this goofy personality and just show and kids eat it up. They love it. My kids love it. They think it's the coolest thing. And you know what he does now? He has started this thing where he goes around to cities and um, 
basically does like these live shows hmm. and people, and I've looked up one just to see what it was. And it was like 50 bucks a head. Oof. I think the child rate was like 30 bucks. <laughs> Good grief. And he's like, and I think he's selling these venues out. I was like, wow, wow. this guy is just, I guess you find your calling, you find your calling sometimes. And yeah, and, and honestly, some of his shows are kind of interesting. Like, you know, where he'll go to some of these places just to check them out, how they do things. But hmm. there's, I'll take Mr. Rogers, but you know, hadn't quite gotten my kids into Mr. Rogers yet, but it's uh, <laughs> interesting to, to watch this guy do his thing. So are you in any new shows, Jason? No shows. Okay. New shows. Uh, the not new shows, just a show. I mean, it could be a used show. Okay. It had to be a new show. Just what are you watching? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, started watching that celebrity IOU Joyride. That thing Never where they where they basically a celebrity. The premise of the celebrity IOU show was with those uh, the uh, annoying brothers from HGTV. Um, they, um, ah, a, a, a cele- yeah, a celebrity decides to give back to somebody that helped them along the way mm-hmm. and they do their house thing. You know, it's all one with Brad Pitt. us all, you know, huh. all these people, you know, it's it, pretty interesting. Cause they don't usually, they don't overdo it. They, they really kind of fit the person's personality. Um, but this one is with aunt Antstead and some other lady who I can't remember her name, but they do a celebrity comes on and does a builds a car for somebody like restores a car and they, they do the restoration of the car. First one I watched had two cars on it because there were these two brothers who were uh, nurses for this woman's um, basically PR person. Um, I think it was Renee Zellweger's PR person who um, they had to be living nurses because she got um, MS really badly and was confined to a wheelchair and it was really hmm taxi on her but she never lost her spirit so it was a lot of it was pretty emotional but it was a good show it's a good show it was interesting i mean it's called celebrity iou joyride Hmm. and it's uh on it's on a a network that has a plus after it but it's something you might find and then plus if that makes sense because i don't know if we can say the name of the network on here oh sure you can uh it's discovery plus there you go oh it's discovery so it doesn't come on regular discovery no, no. Uh, oh, um, you, you're doing the subscription thing. Okay. Yeah, because I watched that and I watched, you know, some of the Bigfoot shows. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Jay. But, oh, by the way, audience, that Jason has a slight, um, I wouldn't call it obsession, but a hobby of. Uh, oh, I had my own experience. So. Oh, Bigfoot. Yeah. What was I that my, one again? I had one experience in, in near Fort Mountain up in LJ. So. Oh, do they think there's a cousin that's in the Southeast? It's not a cousin. It's the same species. Well, you could be a cousin in the same species, right? It's true, but it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, same I mean, species. I, well, I mean, it's not. It's not Bigfoot of Oregon. It's like he didn't get on a plane or. or right. Yeah, he's, he's not your West Coast. That, that's what I'm know, saying. Like he's, he's not a relative. Your, your granola, he's not a granola Bigfoot. No, yeah. he's a, he's more of a uh, more of a, a down to earth. Yeah. You know, cousin. That's what I meant. He's, southern, you know, southern, southern cousin that his, you don't really see his, each other. Maybe his, at Christmas. His cousin Bobfoot. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, um, you, know, you had a was this an experience? I don't know if you want to go into. It. Is it like an experience where you heard a clatter? I don't know, Gene. I don't know, Gene. Do we want? Do we want to talk about this on here? I don't care. <laughs> but mm. if not, that, if you want to do a hard pass, you can give us the uh, the very very cliff notes. 
Yeah, it involved a nighttime nature's call. Nature called me, so I had yeah. to go, you know, answer the call of nature. Uh-huh. Um, on a moonlit night in the woods and went up to where a clearing was. It was kind of like a, a wash clearing, like a dry creek bed. And yeah, you know how you can hear the call of nature when it's on the ground, when you're in the midst of the call of nature. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I could see the moon over the tree line across the way. All of a sudden I smelled this horrible smell of like just like when something dies in the walls, which I've had happen at a house and you tried, it's like you tried to cover it up with garbage. You know, it's like that just, you can't really, it's bad, but you can't pinpoint the smell. And so it was like a musty kind of death smell. And I thought, do we have artichokes? Do we, what's going on? This is on a camping trip. You know, do we have artichokes or something? Is that why I smell something weird? You know, when I'm entering the call of nature. Uh, to keep it family friendly. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, and think about it. I'm, I'm on the other side of the woods. I'm kind of in the woods a little bit back about 10 feet. And then there's a dry Creek bread. So there's like a clearing. So almost like where power lines have gone through, but it's where a uh, Creek was. And there's woods across the way. And I can see the moon about a foot and a half above the trees over there. So you can imagine for perspective reasons. I mean, the moon's my vision is seeing the moon about eight, nine feet up all of a sudden couldn't see the moon anymore Hmm. also couldn't hear the audible evidence of nature's call on on the ground anymore and i was like uh what's going on and it you know it's like 2 30 in the morning so i'm like having to kind of shake myself to make sure i'm awake and i mean all i know is i felt this more than i even heard this sound but it was like anybody that's in the hunting has ever been to hunting knows what a snort wheeze sounds like on a, on a, on a buck. You know, it's a, it's more of a breathy sound. This was a sternum rattling hmm. sound like that. And it went, it just kind of shook me. And then all, I just heard it walk away and I could see the moon. I could see the, you know, everything on And I walked backwards away from there, hope, <laughs> trying to carefully not trip over any, you know, any roots or anything. Cause in any forest, it's like, you know, it's roots everywhere. Yeah. And then got back to the tent somehow got to sleep. I don't know how, um, went out there the next morning. My first instinct is to look for evidence on the ground footprints, that kind of thing. But it was, you know, pretty leaf and pine straw covered. So there wasn't really anything there. You could see where something had kind of brushed uh-huh. through like with longer strides, but you couldn't, you couldn't really tell any footprints. So, I walked down the, the trail a little bit being kind of careful to scan around. Cause I was like, okay, it's just cause it's daylight doesn't mean it's safe. And I saw above, above me about probably seven and a half feet up a tree branch broken, clearly broken at the trunk. So it was probably about for reference about six feet, uh, six inches around. And it was snapped mm. at the trunk. And anything that has the amount, the power to be able to do that, I'm like, so that's my experience. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. And it went up on the, uh, he put a pin on there, the, I couldn't remember the exact location, on the approximate location at the Expedition Bigfoot up in Blue Ridge. I told hmm. him my story and he told me it was, I was about the seventh person he's heard that's had an encounter when it involved, you know, nature's call. Interesting. Uh, being a territorial thing for animals makes sense. So, so he was looking uh, by and he was like, 
His uh, yeah. was basically yeah. like a uh, pesky like, human. <laughs> like, you realize what you're doing and you're still doing it on me? Like, I'm like, sorry, dude. Pesky I mean, human. You kind of walked sorry. into the. You kind of walked into the stream, brother. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so that was kind of you know, and I'd always been, you know, interested in that, you know, cryptid, but I'd never really thought about having experience especially not you know here because i always think of you know pacific northwest and that kind of thing but you know and i was not the first obviously and there's an incident apparently in north georgia with a helicopter military helicopter went down and people were there to guard it because there were dead bodies and they were trying to you know guard it and apparently they were ran at and back and they had things running at them and making noises all night Hmm. And and it was that it was the same kind of noises, and it was what they call samurai chatter, which sounds like oh, 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 you know, like that when they come running by, you hmm. know, real unnerving. Um, and that's uh, I've always wanted to visit that site, honestly, because I'm weird and I like to be frightened. <laughs> but anyway, there we go. There's this. There's the okay. uh, the you know, after school special version. The after school special version. Man, that's well, that pretty was... much the whole story. I mean, that's pretty much the whole story. I just yeah. Telling the people I was with was like, they're like, wait, what? And you didn't wake us up. I was like, no, I wanted to wake you up. Like, like I didn't want I didn't I was like, okay, was I half asleep? I was like, no, I felt that. And I was like, that was there. And you could I could feel something brush in front of my face. So I'm sure that was part of the enormous stench that went on. Um hmm. anyway, there we go. Uh I've I've now outed myself to the world as, as having an experience. So, uh, Oh, right well, you didn't on, have to, that was your choice right here on your podcast. No, I don't mind. That um, was your choice. People, people that know me know I'm crazy anyway. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it was, it was definitely, it was intense and it was like, I can't, I and mean, then that's that smell gene. Whew, that smell was ugh, just mm-hmm. pungent, huh? And pungent. Yes. Um, <laughs> so pungent, almost more pungent. Like it was going to punch me in the face. <laughs> kind of smell yeah, punch it. but anyway so that you know having punch that experience kind face. of yeah kind of made me go okay i want to go camp out somewhere in the pacific northwest and have my own you know real chance of experience but it's too many stories too many accounts too many things going on for there not to be stuff out there so yeah well it sounds like you encounter something who knows what? yeah and it wasn't a bear so um yeah i would you know i think i vaguely heard that uh there are southeastern um theories and so forth and whatever sightings yeah. of a uh, bigfoot type creatures and others for that matter. yeah i mean there's things you know anyway. the, the florida skunk ape the the wood booger up in the appalachians they call it the wood booger i'm not mm-hmm. kidding um and then you know there's the boggy creek monster out in arkansas there's all kinds of stuff like that and you know there's there's enough woods people don't realize how much wood how many wooded area there is in our country it's like there's bound to be something in there getting to be less you know? and less well, we say that, but if you ever fly over the country, it's like, okay, there's still a ton of woods. Like, yeah. this is not... Well, it depends you know, on where you are. I mean, you know, like um, Metro Atlanta, less and less. True, know, but if you, fly like into, if you fly into Metro Atlanta as opposed to, like, flying into, say, New York City, Chicago, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, we have a ton of trees, you know? Oh, for <laughs> so sure, for sure. It's like, it may not be as clustered as much, you know, of thousands of acres, but it's still there. But, yeah, there's there's got to be stuff out there, you know, and I don't think it's any kind of weird... You know, since we're we're you know we're both believers, it's it's I know there's no missing links to anything. I think it's an actual species of something that's there. 
Um, you know, just, whatever it is, it, it definitely um, is not a typical animal type thing. No, and it's, it's and it's elusive. It's probably the most elusive creature in the world. So it's like, okay. So I don't, cause it's hard for me to think that anybody would get on camera or anything like that and tell these stories that they didn't see something, you know, or didn't have some kind of experience, you know, right. well, we don't, well, we, don't yeah. we don't know what it is, but you know, there it is. And and uh, we'll be back to, uh, yes, cryptozoology <laughs> that's now. Gonna, that's what you're going to make. Jason is trying to decide what he's going to do is when he's going to do his podcast and he's going to make a Bigfoot strange encounters podcast. It's going to be like an X-Files podcast. Right. And it's going to be like a coast to coast AM or something like that. You know, it's like, I could do just everything on that show, which would be kind of fun. You know, it'd be kind of interesting, but yeah, anyway, so there we go. Meanwhile, meanwhile, um, (laughs) well, I had, I have one topic we could touch on tonight um, that I think um, it reminded me to, I was reminded of it today when I saw an advertisement, an advert, on um on advert yes uh i don't even remember where maybe youtube or something uh led zeppelin is um one of my all-time favorite bands growing up still like Mm. them a lot every now and then i'll get into a led zeppelin mood and so Mm. i thought we could talk about led zeppelin a little tonight are you up for it sir jason talking about the greatest rock band of all time yes they um and I want to go about this a different way. You know, a lot of people might get on, they might do the standard. Well, they first started in 1964, 72, whatever. You know, I want to talk about how um, you, because I think you're a pretty big Led Zeppelin fan. Uh, at least you, growing up, you were. I was. Um, yeah. I, I, my experience goes all the way back to about 14 or 15 years old. But before hmm. I do that, um, they are coming out sometime, maybe this year, later this year, I heard. There a new Led Zeppelin um, documentary is coming out. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. And um, oh, by the way, I did not mention what I've been watching. The uh, <laughs> I've been getting into the show Dragnet, the old show Dragnet from the sixties. And I never watched it except a little bit as a kid, and it's pretty interesting. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of those old shows are really cool. Real yeah. stories from you know police files in Los Angeles. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And the way they do the show is very um, unique and very cool. Hmm. Like the way the acting is and yep, it's very um, compared to the way they do TV shows nowadays, you know, right. I haven't watched it in a while, but I remember watching it on, you know, obviously when I was younger, it was on Nickelodeon and and channels Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But yeah, yeah, definitely. Well done. Well done show. And, you know, watching a TV show is different than actual real life, but you can still get a sense of what culture was like by watching this show in the yep. late 60s. It was it was interesting. Um, F- FBI is another show like that you should check out, too. Hmm. The show F- FBI from back then. Yep. I don't remember that show. Hmm. Yeah, you'll like it. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Meanwhile, Led Zeppelin. They, they have a uh, documentary <laughs> that's coming out that's supposed to be an authorized Robert Page, Jimmy Plant, John Paul Jones biography. I mean, a do- documentary. Um, and it's supposed to be one that Jimmy you said. Jim, you mean Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. You said Robert what, Page and Jimmy Plant. Yes, that was, yeah. That's hard. To, that's hard to do that. that you no, know, Robert Bonham. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, but uh, they're. Um, so it's authorized. Okay. Yes. Jimmy Page says it's completely authorized. And they said, <laughs> he said something to the effect that they had been approached to it for years to actually do, and you know, your typical authorized documentary that'll be in theaters and all that 
but they never found one that um i guess from what i got is the impression that a lot of people that want to do the documentaries want to go into the juicy you know maybe gossipy details of things or something like that and he said mm-hmm. this one was mainly going to concentrate on the music and like old awesome. footage and things like that and as it should yes yeah i thought that was really it looked i mean the trailer wasn't that great other than just showing um sort of a, a video in the old zeppelin you know uh what do you call them um blimp kind of going across the screen so yeah the trailer didn't show anything reveal anything overly new about the band but anyway my experience that i was going to mention though yeah goes all the way back to 19 oh boy <clears throat> it might be um well if you're a british guy you might say 1990 1990 1990 1990 uh and that was i went to a turtles of all places the old yes. uh, music record store oh i missed those and this was for a birthday now i, I my cousin, one of my cousins, he had a red El Camino that we drove around. And he was about almost two years older than me. And so he was always ahead of me. So he was already driving 16 years old. And I'm like 14 and a half, 15. So we're driving around town thinking we're cool in his old El Camino. And he had an old Led Zeppelin um, cassette that we used to listen to as we were driving around and everything. And I don't even remember which one it was. It might have been. It might have been four. It might have been Led Zeppelin. Uh, it might have been Houses of the Holy. Um, I can't remember, but because it's been so many years ago, but I just remember him, you know, driving that 305 engine down and just having Led Zeppelin blasting away. And he was telling me how his dad liked it back in the 70s. And, <laughs> uh, but for my birthday, boy, back then, he took me to a record store and uh, <laughs> he was like, okay, for your birthday. Go ahead, pick your first CD. It was my first CD that I had ever picked out. And so I picked the first Led Zeppelin CD, the one with the um, the blimp. The, with the Hindenburg on it. Yeah, yep. the Hindenburg. And um, yeah, and that was the first Led Zeppelin experience that I had of buying a CD and starting to listen to them. Hmm. So that was you your re- first CD? Yeah, and it was my first actual CD that I'd purchased before. Wow, that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. And I don't recall, actually, I think I do. Um, think that's that christmas i had gotten an old one of those old um, stereo systems that had the big box speakers that were maybe three foot high and yeah. it had like this the center console was just like one big piece that had two cassettes and it had a, a record player on top and an equalizer in the middle and I actually mm-hmm. had gone somewhere and bought one of those big boxy one disc players that you could buy oh yeah <laughs> and that but i needed to get a cd player cd for it and so you know when my birthday came around or whatever, Lamar took me over there and we bought a seat. Got I thought that might be cousin Lamar. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyways. Awesome. Wow, that's was, great. What, do you, re- that's do you even really, recall your... Huh? That's a really good like first CD story too, aside from just being Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah, and I, don't, I couldn't even tell you what my second one was. I'd have to really think about it. But, that, <laughs> but I do recall that one really well just because yeah. you know, CDs were such a new thing back then. And it's like, wow, I'm getting the latest, greatest. Yeah. Um, so talking about first Led Zeppelin kind of memories. Right. You know, Zeppelin's one of those bands that, I'll be honest with you, I didn't get into until later in life. Um, 
as much. I mean, I always like, you know, some of the hits, but I just never got into them. I mean, it seemed kind of like one of the bands that all the, some of the weird kids were involved with back in the day, if I'm honest, Thank like you. in, like in, no, I mean, like, <laughs> just kidding. Then, like, or it was, you know, some kind of weird thing where, Oh, you don't need to listen to them. Cause they, they got that weird stay away to heaven song and all, you know, it's like, Oh, it's what, what, you know, and had no idea until we were watching or we were listening to our elementary school teachers one of our elementary school teachers, she read the Chronicles of Narnia to us, right? Mm-hmm. Over the years, which was really awesome. Like literally every book we had audibly read to us in class. And, and that was awesome. Well, then she started to get into the Hobbit and it was already confusing enough. The Hobbit. Ah, yes. And she mentioned how this author's later books, Lord of the Rings, which I'd seen the old, animated bbc you know silly lord of the rings mm-hmm. that there was a famous rock band from the 70s who did a lot of lord of the rings references in their music and they were called led zeppelin and she shows what a zeppelin was and she talked about the whole thing of like when they first played that it didn't go over well and then somebody said it went over like a led zeppelin and that's where they got their name and i was like oh hmm what does that mean? Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, and, you know, so you get these, you get, I have like little vague memories over the years of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember watching, um, whatchamacallit, what's the big concert back in the day? Live Aid. Was it Live Aid? Yeah. Yeah. 1985. Yeah. Was it Live Aid that they did? 1985 yeah, they- was their um, unofficial, official first time reunion. Right. And I remember watching that and seeing Led Zeppelin play. And they did Wearing and Tearing, I believe. Right. And a few and, others. But it was like, okay, these guys are good, but wow, it just was kind of overpowering. So that was my first kind of memory of them. Now, I didn't start getting into them until really, honestly, Gene, college. Mm, college. Um, I, I, I came along later than you did on, on the, the Zeppelin train. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was listening to songs and the song that always gets me and, and, and really gets me going is cashmere. I've always been uh, a fan of that song and, you know, that's that physical graffiti album, but you realize, you know, you realize the impact musically that they had on heavy metal, you know, mm-hmm. um, they weren't the first heavy metal song or band, but they were still the most successful rock band i don't really consider a metal you know heavy metal but they influence them them and then sabbath both kind of paved the way for every other band um i would i would say honestly paved so, the way for paved the way for iron maiden places like that mm-hmm. but i i think it was the storytelling of the songs the right. way their songs told a story if you listen to it and then of course that made sense why some of the weird kids were listening to them because i was like oh well they're, they're the ones that partake in certain things and you know and you you think about that and it's like okay they're they're a little bit more technically sound obviously than a lot of bands are um and were um and i think that's what that's what all the composition of the music actually sucked me in and i think my first album that i bought from them was houses of the holy actually houses of the holy do you remember why you bought like that one 
Well, because I was in the used record, the used CD store in college, and I just traded in some used CDs, which you know you got nothing for. Mm-hmm. I traded in like five CDs, and I was able to buy one new CD, and it was the only one they had of Led Zeppelin. Oh, the only one. Wow. Yeah, the only one they had new because I wanted to buy a new CD, mm-hmm. and so instead of going to buy fast food with the money, I just I bought a CD. Um, you know, so, as a side note. I can't help but notice. I think that I paid around nine ninety nine or eleven dollars for that CD yeah. back in nineteen ninety. It's amazing how the prices never really fluctuated all that much. No, they didn't. That that, that is kind of funny. You say that. I was thinking that exact same thing. Like, you get stuff on the discount rack for like five mm-hmm. bucks, but it was like around nine or ten bucks. It, Turtles, I mean, new release. Tower, yeah, more, nine but... or, Turtles Tower Records. Any of those places had yeah peaches. Um, they all had. The same kind of way, but Turtles was obviously our our go to place. But um, yeah, I and you know I didn't have a CD player in the car at the time either. Um, at that time, I had right. one of my one of my mini cars. Well, that was the days of the portable CD players in the nineties, right? With the portable with the one. and That's the tape ad, and the tape adapter, right? Um, I used that know, for the, years. I mean, it's still one of the most direct adapters for for sound. Oh yeah, um, honestly. Uh, that was ha- during my college. I, that's all I used. I didn't have a CD player in my car. Right. When I, when I eventually got my 66 Mustang, I had a, a vintage radio install, which had audio out or had like auxiliary ends on it, but I never, I, I eventually rigged it to where I got one of the, the cables that was from the 3.5 mil, you know, headphone jack to those things. And I was able to run it back behind the dash. So I had like a, a, a wired in portable CD player. Um, that I'd sit on the transmission tunnel and I'd, I'd, you know, and hopefully, and hopefully prayed that the anti-skip worked. You remember Um, like that, that brief period. I mean, it only lasted for like four, three years where CD changers in your car were the big thing, you know, like giving a 15 disc CD changer in the car meant, Oh, now I can listen to music without having to look through stuff. I know (laughs) it's amazing how we did it before, you know, they came out with the iPod. And that whole mp3 idea yeah um yeah we had the cartridges you'd reload the, the cds you'd stick them most of the time they're in the trunk yeah well um, yeah i anyways i was gonna say back to led zeppelin unless you had another point about that i don't, I don't. the um i you know it's funny after that year i'd got that one the next thing that i actually wanted in 1990 or i think it was 90 actually Sometime during 90, Zeppelin came out with their four disc. Um, oh, the crop circles thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember what it's called. Um, I don't either. For some reason, I can't remember either, but I, 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 can, I can see that. Yeah. I can see the, here. I can see the, the case in my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. It's, I really don't recall what that one, that thing is called, but um, it had over like 135 songs. And I was like, well, that's yeah. what I need then. I don't need to buy every album. Yeah, <clears throat> but anyways, I I was um I was hoping, and that was my birthday present mm. for that year, nineteen ninety one, and uh, that was uh, and I <laughs> I remember <laughs> thinking that was like the one of the coolest birthday presents I'd ever gotten because it was like a sixty five dollar. That's a lot of money back, you know, yeah, for, for mean, music back then. Yeah, I was very surprised to get that for my birthday because it was like. Mom, Dad, I know this thing is expensive, but I wouldn't mind having it. It's, it was like fifty nine dollars or something like that. Yeah. And so I was when I saw that, I was like, "Whoa, they got me one of these things. This is so cool." And I can <laughs> remember that same um, 
uh, record player stereo that I had, you know, me and my cousin, same cousin, we would like, you know, he'd come spend the night or whatever. And we'd listen to that whole thing one night all the way through like all 135 songs. I mean, we fell asleep halfway wow. through it, but we just let it go through, <laughs> you know, and like he was sleeping in my, on my bedroom floor and I was in the bed and we just kind of like had the TV on or whatever. And we were letting it play and we ended up falling asleep on, you know, as we were listening to it. And I think I woke up at like 3 AM and, or something, you know, and it had uh, the four CD had gone through or something like that. Wow. <laughs> Those were the days right there, man. Oh man, listen to a whole well, just think about I mean, it's like like we talked about before, listening to a whole album. I mean, Led Zeppelin was one of those bands that capitalized on that. You know, you're you're we talked about storytelling. A lot of their albums were like that. They were mm-hmm. storytelling albums. Like a lot of your great bands from back then, your Pink Floyd, you know, that kind of stuff. Um there was they're very okay. very similar, very similar, like as far as it's gonna take you on a journey, not just the music itself, but the story that it's telling. Yeah. The one downside to having that box set that I had is that my ears I uh, got used to listening to those songs in that order that they were on on those CDs. <laughs> so later on, when I downloaded or you know bought the other CDs to just kind of have all the CDs, you know, it just it kind of when I hear the song, I'm like, wait a minute this song's supposed to come after this one. No, that's not how it goes because on the actual right. <laughs> record, you know, this song there's doesn't a, come after stairway or whatever. So, right. There's other songs that are in between. You're like, Oh, what are these things? Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, you, it's funny. You mentioned that about the weird thing is that Led Zeppelin. And I don't know if that was a propaganda thing by the media back in the seventies, eighties, whenever, or if it was something that the band sort of built up, but based on the reading that I've done and articles I've read, um, that, well, the back then they seemed to want to give it a dark, like their music had a darkness to it. Not, um, not so much like, you know, some people look at uh, some music as sort of um, satanic or darkness or whatever, you know, but <laughs> the um, Led Zeppelin, I, I like mysticism type stuff, um, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it had an air of that. I mean, obviously, and maybe it was... did have an air of that, and I think they sort of may have. Um, oh yeah, they overdid that. Like even Led Zeppelin may have. Um, I don't know if they propped it up or sort of said, "Hey, yeah, we're into." It. They never. I don't think they ever came out and said, "Yeah, that we're all about this kind of stuff." I think they just sort of liked the the aura of it a little bit. But like, yeah, I guess my yeah. point is that I think that they were really more about the music they were making. They weren't really. Oh yeah. For lack of a better word, they're just normal blokes going about trying to make good music and they wanted to make money doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you watch any of the documentaries and they talk about how these albums came together, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's that it's very that much that way. I mean, heck, the song Black Dog was called Black Dog because a black dog used to hang out around that that family home of the plants that they wrote and recorded some stuff in. Yeah. You know, old stone home. There's a black dog used to come around. That's why they called it Black Dog. As, you know it's like how do you come to you have to like oh crap we love this song now we got to give it a title you know it's kind of like it's it's what you talk about they make the music first mm-hmm. and then think about what it means like if they even thought about what it meant you know it was it was more that like, obviously the stuff that has lord of the rings references they were reading it and obviously yeah it's interesting tolkien being you know a virtual saint in in britain you know right. it's, it's probably you know something that's very familiar um, uh, immigrant song is there another one besides immigrant song that has those references ramble on ramble on does okay 
Yeah, think about it. Uh, in the darkest depths of Mordor, I met a girl so fair, but Gollum, the evil uh, one, I, for some reason, I, I forgot about. I was thinking that one. Never mind. I was confusing that one with Misty Mountain song. Hop. Is Immigrant Song have references in it to that? Yeah. Okay. Um, the land of the ice and snow. And the wind. I mean, it's all very, well, if you, you know, listen to it now, you kind of like every, yeah. a lot of their songs have that. I mean, Misty it's Mountain. An, it's kind of ambiguous in a way, like, because yeah, the Lord yeah. of the Rings in, you know, sort of hind, I don't know, not hindsight, but sort of um, Tolkien was a Catholic. And so he came right. from a Christian background of themes, if you will, in right. stories. Right. And right. so in essence, in a lot of ways, you could say that Zeppelin was digging into the mysticism stuff, but inadvertently may they may have you know touched on a lot of christianity topics i think so i don't think you can avoid it in that so that's why i was thinking cult it's more cultural for them because of mm-hmm. because of who tolkien was in in british society you know it, it you you're you're gonna touch on those things it's mm-hmm. it's mystical in its way but i mean a lot of a lot of that is anyway um mm-hmm. but yeah i think you know to go from that to doing yeah, I mean, they really never did. I mean, you could say, you could say, you know, rock and roll song. You know that you could say that one is is kind of popish, um, but not really. When you listen to it, it's still not. But it, you know what I mean. They had some that were yeah. massive, like obviously going to be used in commercials even today. You know that kind of stuff. Um, but you're not going to hear, you know, Cashmere in most things, even though it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll hear the you'll hear that you know echoed in a lot of things but you know you're not going to hear tangerine or you know some of these great songs like that that are just oh you know and it's funny I'm, i've collected and i now have all original pressings of led zeppelin albums in really? good condition wow. yeah i've original I've pressings that. yep i made sure i got our only originals because was I'm four hard at, to find on that was it most expensive yeah <sighs> Yeah, I, I think the most I've paid, um, honestly, the most I paid, believe it or not, was for in for the out in through the outdoor. Mm. Um, I paid so, I paid thirty bucks for that one. Okay, and I've gotten them all for around twenty. Less um, than I thought. Well, just because you know they did print a lot of those albums back in the day, mm-hmm. but it's good and bad because they're either worn out really badly because everybody listened to them. Because you know, an album obviously only lasts so long because it's a needle being pressed on grooves and mm-hmm. in, in vinyl, so it's eventually going to wear out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't buy repressings. I don't buy you know the brand new versions of things unless they were never out originally on vinyl. So I was looking for all the original stuff, and mm-hmm. the hardest one to find a good copy of was probably. Um, it's either physical graffiti or. Uh, uh zeppelin three actually mm. um but i found you know i found decent covers I, I like the patina the old covers but you know you listen to them on vinyl and you know everybody talks about vinyl obviously is is a richer sound the warmer sound than you're going to get on a cd mm-hmm. and it really does bring that music out a lot more you get to hear a lot of the the little nuances. i hear that yeah. You know, the, especially on Zeppelin is what I'm saying, because it was produced so well to start with. Well, being a film guy, do you compare that to like watching a film on actual film or being? Film yeah, you mean on actually film? actual like print film as opposed yeah. to digital? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously advantages to digital film. 
Um, I think there's more advantages to digital film than there is to digital music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the advantages of music are, are reversed. I think Dave Grohl and them have it right when they say we're going to record everything analog first mm-hmm. um, for a reason. It just, it's warmer. It, mm-hmm. it, you, you pick up the little nuances, you know, your fret noise from guitars, your little things in the studio. You can tell they were in this studio or that yeah. studio. You just don't get that when they wash it through digital and clean it up. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I think that's, I think there's, you know, there's something to be said for, for the sure. analog sound and the warmth of vinyl. And I think, especially with older music like that, like stuff that was originally released on vinyl, like Led Zeppelin, you know, I've got a um, funny story. Um, Robert Plant admitted in some interviews that I've seen that some of their, their music was, um, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, explicitly um, sexual, sexualized, um, a specific, sp- yeah, specifically whole lot of love. And he was like, how could people not see that, 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 that song was a uh, sexual innuendo song. And uh, which, you know, as a kid, teenager, I didn't think nothing of it. I just, I did, I listened to the musical part and kind of, oh, I like that guitar riff. I like the way that, you know, that whatever bridge goes, that, that was more of what I listened to or was trying to find in music still to this day a lot of times but um yeah, yeah. but just thinking about it, though i had a roommate in college that wasn't really into led zeppelin but i had led zeppelin too and i had like a little radio that was in my room and uh you know he wanted to borrow one time because he wasn't we wasn't, he wasn't sure what they sounded like <laughs> about two about a week or two later every, almost every day when he would come in from his long day or whatever like 5 30 he would go in there and he would just crank up that whole lot of love song because he, he was like and you know chris was an old country boy from uh where was that uh charles is it charleston georgia or carlton georgia down there near st mary's and uh i could just hear him in the background about you need cool and <laughs> he just he thought that thing was the, he thought it was the coolest thing i mean he was just always going in there and just you could just hear him just cranking it up the volume in the other room when i'd be in there whatever reading a sandwich <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's funny you're we, we talking about your old stereo system i've got 1967 sansui speakers and a 1969 pioneer tube amp uh, receiver running for my vinyl right now and that obviously accentuates the warmth um but you just you feel like you're you're there like you're you just bought this at turtles or peaches you know and you're like oh i get i get to i get to listen to this for the first time it does kind of feel like that when if you haven't listened to it on vinyl Mm -hmm. you get an original vinyl and yeah it's gonna have some pops and some some fuzz but it feels like you're listening to it for the first time again it's really kind of cool and again like i said led zeppelin just the way it was produced um kind of crudely Honestly, yeah. a lot of their albums, I, hmm. I think there's there's a charm in that. Um, you know, it wasn't Pink Floyd was great um, too for that. You know, obviously with like Alan Parsons being involved um, on Dark Side of the Moon or whatever. It's like you're gonna hear that kind of structure, but it's still analog. There was no digital capturing of that back then. So there's there's structured analog, and then there's like your your very basic analog of it. And it just, it really pops on that. It's that's why I say, I challenge anybody listening. Uh, there's a challenge here. This is the first time uh, to, to buy some of the old vinyl, buy mm-hmm. 
buy some old vinyl, get you, get you a decent copy of it. Uh, listen to it before you buy it, by the way, because even if it looks great, it might not play great. <laughs> I've, I've been burned a few times. Um, and, and just listen to some of the stuff that you're used to listen to digitally on vinyl to see the difference and, and, and or to hear the difference, see the difference. Listen to me. Like if you're starting to see music, you probably need to, you know, stop, you know, doing whatever else you're doing. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I, I just, I would say that it's just, and Zeppelin seriously is just, it's just one of those quintessential vinyl bands to mm. me. Um, yeah. Well, um, I don't think that I have any Zeppelin on vinyl, actually. I think all my stuff is on Well, Gene, we'll have to remedy that. Maybe I'll have to see if I have any dupes of anything and be send mm-hmm. them your way. May have to. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, well, well, maybe one day we'll talk about vinyl more um, on a, another episode. But uh, as far as Led Zeppelin goes, though, um, yeah, I was just thinking, I don't know. You know, later on, I got in more into listening to each album individually. Yeah. And, I remember getting Led Zeppelin four for Christmas one year and just thinking, wow, this is a really cool CD around yeah. um, actually it was a cassette tape. I think that I got, um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, um, I, I can't think if I have a favorite album, it might be Led Zeppelin four. Yeah. It's a good one, but Led Zeppelin two is really, really good. Yeah, I mean they've all got their their elements. Obviously, their first album you can kind of tell um, was a little bit more rudimentary, but it was definitely. I mean, it's Zeppelin. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's the Yardbirds Part Two. You know, it's like yeah, um, that's a whole podcast talk about their history for sure. Yeah, it's just you know, I there was just something about about that meshing of guys that, that came together. You know, so you one, can't think of a favorite album that you have of theirs. Uh, well, I mean, my favorite song is on physical graffiti, um, which is cash, but you know, as far as a whole album, that is hard. That's, that's really, I might be for, it might be for, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, cashmere is a good song though. I think one of my favorites is actually on a later album. That's not as popular presence. I just, that Achilles last stand is one of my favorite songs. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Wow. That's a good driving song. Or if you're playing a video game or if you're just, and I don't even play video games really. Um, Or if you're just like, Oh, I need to burn 10 minutes. Why don't I listen to Achilles last stand? Presence was the album with the object, right. You know, on it where they're like, you know, all the families gather around this object and it was just supposed to be some silly little, you know, art thing. And then the record company wound up releasing like an actual object. Mm-hmm. made and you know and if you can find that you're actually if you can find one of those original record company released ones you know that's kudos to you well none of those songs on that album were except for nobody's fault but mine which is another favorite oh, line great um, song yeah if you ask your average person on the street um could you please um tell me how the song by led zeppelin candy store rock goes they'd be like what or how how about hots for hots on for no hots on for nowhere i can't even hardly say that I know. Or T for like, one. How does that song go? Right. Exactly. It's like, no, most people can't tell you. I mean, I couldn't really tell you, but uh, you know, like it's it just, but you could get lost in one of their albums. I mean, it's really a, a an, an experience. That's what I loved about Led Zeppelin and still love about Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. You know, we they, were, yeah. we were very young, obviously when they, when Bonham died, and they essentially were done. I mean, we know they were done after that, really, honestly. They they reunited in 85, but 
you know, the obviously they weren't the original. So, mm-hmm. and they came out with um, Coda later yep. on after his death, and um, that was just sort of I think a lot of um, re or unreleased um, things that they had not uh, include wearing and tearing was on Coda. But yeah, uh, that was yeah that I, that was actually a difficult album to find for me to find original hmm. pressing of. For some reason, it just wasn't as prevalent. Um, yeah, I just, it's so funny for how short a career they had as a band, how much influence they had, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking what, 68 to 1980. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's in the scheme of things. I mean, look at the Stones we talked about, look at, you know, other bands that have been around forever. Um, well, you could tell that they made enough money and probably still make enough money, I guess, on residuals yeah. or whatever, yeah. that they just sort of do whatever they want to do, you know, because right. talk about a cash cow if they decided to go back on the road and do a world tour for just one year. We'd all pay the 200 and 300, whatever. It'd just be like one. Do. Okay, guys, let's just do. And I've always thought that. Why wouldn't they just do? Let's just do one year of a world tour and we'll visit all the major cities and charge, you know, thousand bucks a head or whatever. They don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they don't need just, to. I mean, they don't want to. They don't want to. They're older. You know, they're smart, yeah. unlike the Stones. But they could have done just, that in the 90s or the early 2000s. And they didn't. Oh, agreed. It. And would have made the same amount of money. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's like they could have taken Bon-, care of their grandchildren's grandchildren. <laughs> right. And Jason Bonham can play drums. You know, I mean, he does yeah. a good job. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, it's, it's one of those bands. You're just like, wow, they really were only around for that little amount of time. Mm-hmm. And you think about other big bands, you know, I mean, obviously the Beatles were not around as long, um, right. but like bands like Beach Boys. Yeah, and the Rolling still, Stones have just kind of meandered through the, through the, through the decades, but <laughs> I mean, they're, they're done now um, oh, yeah. with, with Watts dying, but I mean, I say they're done. They could get another drummer, but I, I doubt it. Um you know, but you look at other bands too. I mean, let's just look at other British bands too, like Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden's been plowing away for decades, you know, with all different lineups and right. stuff like that. Well, um, Led Zeppelin, they're clearly just happy and content with this is what we did. This is how we did it. Yeah. We'll, we'll just let it be. And, and you know, they, they do their own thing. And, and, and they can do that. And, you know, you, but anytime Jimmy Page is involved with something. Yeah with any other artists like take when him and uh jack white were doing something i, I can't remember i watched something where they were going through cashmere actually mm-hmm. and playing and he was telling how he you know he did it and it's just them sitting there with the guitars playing it's like jimmy page is on it i'm gonna watch it you know and there's there's something to be said for that you know robert plant bless his heart obviously can't sing like he used to um and that the the problem is his vocals were so big back then that it's never going to be as good. You know, that's just, it's not what he does. And, but he'll do, he did the album with Alison Krauss, you know, great album. Yeah. Like, Robert's totally, got some good solo stuff too. Yeah. Um, I like some of the solo out songs. Yeah. What was big log and yeah. A couple of those mm-hmm. like things. Um, Tall, cool one. <laughs> you remember that one? Oh yeah. Um, but then, you know, and, and, what was it? Jason Bonham's band Bonham, I guess. Um, mm. The song Wait For You. Oh, that sounds like a Zeppelin song. I'm like, wow, that's a Zeppelin song that never got made is what it feels like to me. Um, and obviously you've got, you know, 
nowadays, Greta Van Fleet or Greta Van Zeppelin, as I like to call them. Um, and it's like an extension of Zeppelin right now. Well, um, yeah. and you and you wonder why it's like that though. Like they knew they knew that sound works. Okay. Um, but I just think, yeah, I think I I'm kind of almost happy I got into Zeppelin later when I'd already kind of I want to say musically mature, but you know what I mean? I've already kind of sort of got my feelings on music I liked. And then I got really into Zeppelin and it was like, it made more sense then to me musically. It was like, Oh wow, this stuff is great. <laughs> you know? Well, I think as with movies, um, a lot of music to me, I'm finding out as I go through albums and listen to things is, um, production value plays a huge role in it and yeah. um, how it's produced and who produces it and how good they are at producing it. And I think that that comes from the brains of Jimmy page because he produced all those up and stuff. Yeah. Had yeah. he been a bad producer, it would not have been as good. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't have been it as would, good. We know? wouldn't still, we wouldn't still be talking about it. Honestly. You know, we yeah. Would... He, he knew how to make his guitar sound good on these songs. He knew how to make, you know, yeah. the, the, um, I guess what do you call it? The arrangements and everything work. You know, it wasn't like he was just some guy that was just throwing things, you know, throwing ingredients into the cauldron, making seeing if it works. No pun intended. Yeah, I mean, think about that. You know, it's like we talked about before. Like, we're still going to be talking. They're still going to be talking about Zeppelin a hundred years from now. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just that kind of band. You know that we know that there are million or there hundreds of thousands of other bands that nobody will be talking about in a hundred years, but they'll be talking about Zeppelin. Well, the last thing I'll say on this is that, and we, we, we can bring the subject back up again. Um, <laughs> the, uh, is that I think Jimmy, I've said this before is probably my favorite rock guitar player. I mean, I, 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 I like a lot of the other ones, a whole lot Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, um, you know, Pete Townsend has, you know, he's a great guitar player. A lot of others are, but, for me, I always come back to liking Jimmy Page, just the way that in his music he produced his guitar sounds and rhythms and yeah. um, solos and stuff. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's definitely a good point. Yeah. So, well, any other uh, thoughts about Zeppelin before we call tonight? No, no. I mean, that's 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 a pretty good synopsis, I think. Yeah, well, listen, maybe to we'll, listen to a vinyl version, people. I'm telling you, maybe we'll touch on their albums a little bit more uh, next time, just for a few minutes. But uh, all right, Jason, <laughs> well, we'll uh, talk to you later. All right, man. All right, see ya. <laughs> Got to find the stop recording. <laughs>